I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for tuning in to another Dolphins podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Jake Mendel. It is Joshua Houts. And we are actually recording on a Wednesday, which means Merrick Brave is joining us. And we have a very, very detailed discussion about Miami's orange jerseys they've been using throughout training camp. And we cannot get wait to get to that. But before I do, I would not feel right if I did not ask my wonderful co-hosts how they're doing. So Merrick, Joshua, happy Wednesday. How are we feeling today? Happy Wednesday. Feeling good. I, I decided to dress appropriately for the episode, even if this does end up just being a podcast and, and nobody will know the difference. I'm I'm in my orange Tua jersey. I had a couple to choose from. I could have picked Jake Long or, or Ronnie Brown, but I went with Tua because uh, he is actually an orange orange jersey award recipient this offseason. Spoiler alert. We're going to we're going to do a deep dive into this today only the uh, only the top stories from us here at adp merrick's a teacher's pet i have my jhi jersey upstairs but i went with the ricky williams so um shame on me but i've been doing pretty good seeing a little bit of frozen with the kids before i came on here told you guys the baby slept the whole 15 minutes so that's where i'm at how have you been jake wait let's hear some of that josh yeah can we can we get like can we get like two bars a rendition for the for the audience here. He's giving us the look like we're about to melt. <laughs> with, with I was thinking about it, but I, I I don't want to. No, I can't do it. I can't do the. Let it go. Let oh, it that's go. great! You did it. I'm going with the wind and sky. Something like that. That wow. that's as good as you're gonna get. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's a, dude, your voice I play the guitar. Run. I play the guitar. I play the guitar too. So the songbird of we our doing. generation <laughs> sounded like yeah. Rush. There, it was Rush's oh. cover of "Let It Go." I can't believe I did that. I was I was <laughs> severely contemplating whether I should do that, and I probably I regret it already. This Dude, is going to be the most listened to episode of the podcast of all time. I'm just going to make my ringtone just Joss singing "Let It Go." Uh, but but to be fair, that <laughs> at least like there are some Disney movies that are, are brutal. At, at least Frozen has an absolutely awesome soundtrack. I got to ask though, have, have you um, introduced your kids to the Hercules soundtrack? I'm sure. Yeah, they've seen it. They've been they've been all about they're all about all of them. They go through the phases and they want to watch one, you know, two, three times a day and then they move on to the next one. So every kid, when as they get older, they get into a different movie and it's just a, a never ending cycle of hell. So, yeah, they, they like the Hercules soundtrack. I won't say I, I have that on my phone and I, uh, I jam that one in the car <laughs> all the time. Uh, th- that's my first crush right there as a six year old. Greatest uh, cartoon, greatest Disney movie soundtrack of all time 
is a goofy movie. Bar none. Oh, oh I like the curveball. I thought you were going to have to be like, The Lion King. Dude, I thought you were going to Moana. I thought you were going with a, Moana or something like that. It's a goofy movie. What's the character's name? Like Power Surge goofy. or something like that? Yeah, Power Surge. Yep. That's Power. Yeah. Those songs are awesome. They're great songs. That movie did give me an uncomfortable interest in cheese, especially Cheese Whiz, though. And cheese then it, Whiz. Then it Polly Shore. It took me two hours to realize this this stuff's gross and I shouldn't be doing this. Josh, no offense. Josh based his entire adult look off of 90s Pauly Shore. A little bit, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Josh, if uh, you were if you had your food truck, what what would you what would you make that had cheese was in it and make it like a good dish? What what would you use if, if you this was like Top Chef and I'm like here's here's your can of cheese was, sir. Make Come it, make on, Pennsylvania it guy. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I was gonna say up here, people love their cheesesteaks with cheese was on it, and I'm still not really too fond of that. But that's the whole Philly cheesesteak. It's the fried onions and the cheese whiz. So I guess I'd go with the cliche cheesesteak just for those in the area, but. Um, the cheese whiz, man, not good, not good at all. <laughs> but since Merrick is our orange jersey whiz, we thought today'd be a great day to look what a at segue. Ryan's oh my god, jersey. Jake, that's why you—that's why they pay you the big bucks. Hey, man, I wrote that second I heard the word whiz. I'm like, I know I can do something with this. <laughs> that's beautiful. But the Dolphins are doing something unique, and I think every team does this. Um, borderline a little corny but also a little interesting it builds that camaraderie uh in years past we had the tnt wall i think it was we also had a shield under joe philbin that you gotta protect the shield um but what the miami dolphins have been doing recently is they've been awarding guys orange jerseys and the impression that we all have is it's whoever plays or performs the best in practice then gets the orange jersey so with that out of the way knowing how these things are awarded merrick uh what do we have? Six so far orange jersey winners? Maybe seven, eight, somewhere up in nine, 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 nine so far this year. I'm yeah, we got, say 10, we got we'll just keep going. He was he was getting there. He was ready to say nine. <laughs> Six OTAs and three mini camps. Any trend when you look at that, I mean, don't don't even give me a specific name, but but what are some of the trends you see in this where maybe the dolphins are looking at more or hoping to do something a little more than just, hey, you performed well, let's let you pick the music tomorrow. Well, you know, one thing that is a little bit different than last year, this is the second offseason that they're doing this. Uh, and I tracked last year, too, because I am that cool. Um, this year, a little bit different than last year, they're actually alternating between offense and defense. So an offensive player won it on the first day, and then the second day was defense, then back to offense, then back to defense. They didn't do that last year. At this point, you have a, a, a relatively – I would say decent sample size. You got nine winners so far. It feels like they're doing that on purpose, which actually like bums me out slightly because participation. Yeah. I mean, it cuts the roster in half, right? So, you know, next time, you know, an offensive player won it on the last day of mini camp. So next time they hit the field, I expect to see a defensive player in the Jersey. So I, I don't know. To me, that's a little disingenuous. Uh, was the defensive player the best player or was he just the pl best player on defense that day? I don't know. Or maybe I'm just completely making this up and, and that's just how the cookie has crumbled so far. But I guess we'll have to see because there's plenty more practices to go, which means uh, plenty more articles that I'll be writing on the finsider.com about orange jersey award winners. Josh, I don't want to leave you on the sideline here, but I just have one more quick follow-up. I'm sorry. Uh, just thinking back to last year, were there any multiple-time winners that, that instantly popped into your head? Uh, <laughs> yes. Last year, uh, I I was very encouraged to see Tua Tungabailoa 
uh, win the orange jersey multiple times. I- I'm trying to remember off the top of my head exactly how many times he won it. It was it was either two or three. It might have been three times, which would have been tied for uh, the most amount of times winning it uh, by any player last year. So it was encouraging to see Tua win that because you got to remember this was before the season played out. We weren't sure that Tua was was ever going to take that next step, right? He He showed flashes of good play during his first couple seasons, but he he hadn't really broken out just yet. So you bring in a new head coach who's made it his goal to fix Tua Tungabailoa. And, and I mean, but whether you want to admit it or not, Mike McDaniel's future as the Dolphins head coach was definitely tied very closely to the success of Tua Tungabailoa as an NFL quarterback. And you know, small sample size, just one season. But if last season was any indication, Mike McDaniel is the perfect head coach for Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Tua Tonga-Vailoa is the perfect quarterback for Mike McDaniel. So we, we got glimpses of that during the offseason program where he is given the orange jersey award multiple times. Uh, and we found out it wasn't just lip service because he went out last year and when he was healthy, he was dealing. He was balling. One of the most successful quarterbacks in the NFL last season. And he was even in the MVP conversation around midseason as well. So uh, he was definitely one of those players who uh, backed up the orange Jersey award uh, winning moments that he had last off season. Yeah. And to your point, I think he's still probably tied to Tua Tungvaloa, right? Same with Chris Greer. I mean, their success is going to go as far as the quarterback success. Um, you were going down the list of offense, defense, offense, defense. It would be nice if it wasn't just a pattern. It was the defense coming back after the offense had a successful day and countering that and then vice versa. So it would be interesting to know if it was just, you know, them kind of, going offense, defense, offense, defense, or if this is just the way these practices have gone where Vic Fangio comes back the next day, he sees what the offense was throwing at him, comes back and counters it, and then Mike McDaniel goes in and does the same thing. So um, I think we can all agree we love seeing the orange jersey. We love being able to throw that little orange uh, emoji out there every time there's a new guy wearing it. I know I love seeing them in the tan color jerseys. I just hope that, again, we eventually see them bring this back as an alternate because for as ugly as that old logo was and that cartoon dolphin logo was, and I say that and it was like, the most prime, you know, that was a large part of my life was that logo. I despise that logo, but those orange jerseys are a thing of beauty and the dolphins for the longest time run defeated in them. They need to bring those back for sure. So I would love to see the orange jerseys back out there, see those throwbacks, but I honestly think it'd be so cool if this was just offense defense countering one another, the chess match of the, the heated debates we're going to have once camp begins of is the offense playing well or does the defense suck? I mean, we're going to have some very heated debates. Stay uh, stay tuned on ESPN's first take as we discuss that one. Uh, Joshua, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I think one of the pictures that defines last season, I think it was the Minnesota Vikings game. Jalen Waddle had a, a pretty big drop, and I just remember there's a picture of him on the sideline just kind of staring out into space with a towel over his head, and you could tell he was ready to go scorched earth. And Waddle, if you want to knock, something about his season there were a few more drops than you'd like I I'm not going to say that in in, as like a huge issue for the Dolphins I think his volume is so high some balls are going to get dropped it kind of is what it is but OTA number one winner was Jalen Waddle so Josh when you see that when you think back to that scorched earth look that he had uh how how do you feel about Jalen Waddle going into the season and of course I'm not trying to uh, preface this as a huge like uh last year was a downward year because that's not the case whatsoever 
Yeah, I mean, I'm super stoked about it. I think that was an indication, not so much of OTAs, but how he performed in, what was it, mini camps or whatever it was before the OTAs. Maybe I've got it backwards. OTAs and then mini camps. Whatever it is, he came in stronger, hungrier. So, um, yeah, you're right. He Honestly, does that's get- probably why he got the orange jersey because of, of the amount of work he put in in the offseason into his body, coming in there looking jacked as all hell. So, honest, that's probably the only thing you can go off there. Sorry to interrupt, Josh. Oh, no, you're good. And you're, I think we can all agree there were times when he would try to catch with his body instead of his hands. And I know that you mentioned um, that key drop. I do think there was a time, and I, I wish my Finding Dory memory could remember, but he had a fumble that was pretty critical in one game, too, where you know things kind of spiraled out of control after that. So I think that it, was also it, the Vikings game. Okay, so then that might have even been the play that that I'm thinking of. That might have been okay. So then, either way, I I don't really have the best memory, but that's what I mean. Him coming back, being bigger, stronger. We've heard it in the offseason. He seems hungrier. Um, and to follow up last his rookie season, he broke uh 104 receptions, broke the single season record for catches. And then last year, he only had 79 catches, but I think he improved then his yardage, his touchdowns, average 18.1 yards per catch. So I'm excited to see what he can do in Mike McDaniel's deep or offense. Um, you know, heading into a second season with Mike. Mike McDaniel with Tyreek Hill, but um, there are some issues that he does need to fine tune. But if that's any indication that orange Jersey, it sounds like he's well on his way of being one of the best um, receivers in football. And I think we can all admit right now, he's probably already top 10. Right. And I mean, he can still even take that to another level, which is crazy to think about. Barrick, is there any chance that he got this orange Jersey and some sort of backdoor deal where he gave Mike McDaniel some uh, penguin earrings? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mike McDaniel's that kind of dude. Like if, earlier in the episode when you were talking about this kind of being a corny award, I was like, yeah, of course it's a little bit corny because everything Mike McDaniel does is just like like tiptoeing the line between corny and cool. And that's just the type of dude he is. And he's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's a little bit nerdy, a little bit cool. And 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 I think a lot of us can probably relate to that a little bit, you know. We are obsessive over football and we all play fantasy football and we all we're sitting here doing a a youtube slash podcast show about the miami dolphins football teams we're kind of corny we're we're kind of nerdy uh so mike mcdaniel perfect coach for fans like us and and so far turning out to be the perfect coach for uh, this miami dolphins team as well Looking through this list, and I do want to touch on all these players. I don't know if the order necessarily matters, but man, just looking at this, the OTAs, uh, they gave out six jerseys and OTAs, and, and Joshua, two names jump out to me instantly, Duke Riley and Andrew Van Ginkle. That, to me, speaks to one thing and one, let's say one and a half things. The fact that this linebacker room needs somebody to step up, and it doesn't help that David Long Jr. is already dealing with a little bit of an injury. So this kind of feels like a boost, kind of telling Duke Riley, Andrew Van Ginkle, your time is now, your time has come. Yeah, when I first saw that, I originally tweeted out, you know, this is after Andrew Van Ginkle moved to inside linebacker, and Omar Kelly kind of pumped the brakes on that. He's like, no, man, he was playing on the outside when he won that orange jersey. So worth noting that he was playing on the edge when he won that outside linebacker. But, um, yeah, it means a lot to that linebacker group. I just wonder how much Duke Riley winning that award isn't because he is a special team god, and I have that written down, special team god, because that is what he is. So he's nice depth. He can cover a little bit. He's, um, you know, plays with his hair on fire at times, just like Andrew Van Ginkle. So those names definitely stood out. And I think when David Long's injuries – with Channing Tindall kind of disappointing. These guys do have opportunities to win reps. And a defense that Vic Fangio, I mean, we talked about before, called called uh, 
Andrew Van Ginkle up and said, you know, I want you back after you went and visited with the Raiders and Patriots. We want you here in Miami. So um, seeing both of those guys on there wearing the orange jerseys, I don't know if you guys saw some of the uh, playlists, but I think AVG was rocking out to um, Seven Nation Army and things like that. So probably exactly what you'd expect from Andrew Van Ginkle. But yeah, it was nice to see those linebackers on there. I just, again, wonder how much Duke Raleigh's play wasn't because he's a special teams god, which we definitely need one of those after we let Matt Collins leave. Merrick, I have to believe Andrew Van Ginkle's playlist, it would be eerily similar to yours, and I don't know why. <laughs> little Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, The Cure. Yeah, some chains <laughs> sprinkled in. You know. Take him back yeah. Sunday, come on. For, for, for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get down to some sad boy music. That's <laughs> <laughs> who we are. <laughs> That's what the Dolphins have done to us. Dolphins fans, yeah, we have to. Oh, we can yeah. listen to a sad boy music. Yeah, that is awesome. I actually like that quite a bit. Uh, let's stick with defense here and at least mention that Javon Holland is another guy who won this award. And this defense in general, I, I do think we're going to see a group that is going to step forward. And I, I'm going to take back what I just said. Uh, just just one more note about the linebackers. Um, I don't know if any of you guys follow Jerome Baker on Twitter, but he's known to tweet some pretty unique things, things that can kind of trigger fans if they think everything is solely about football. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's the case when it comes to him, so I don't read too much into it. But he did tweet out uh, today, being June 14th, that uh, he something along the lines of, I'll let you guys down next year, and, and I won't let it happen again, or things will be different this year. Um, Merrick, I want to ask you, does that, does that hint towards football, the fact he mentioned last year? And, and part two of that question is, doesn't this kind of seem like a, a I don't want to say career defining, but like a pivotal moment in Jerome Baker's career with the opportunity he has at hand and the fact he's always been consistent, but I don't think we ever sat there and said he is like a, the reason Miami won game X or Y. And we don't even have a lot of like if we did a sports center top 10, I don't know how many plays he'd have in there. Yeah, Jerome Baker has flashed at times and he's had some 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 damn good plays. I think he sacked Patrick Mahomes for like a negative 35 yard loss a couple years back, which was just like a, a super cool play to watch. Uh, he I, I believe he still had over 100 tackles last year, so it's hard to say he had a down year, although. It's Dolphins Twitter. So you can find plenty of people out there on, on Twitter.com who are going to tell you that Jerome Baker did have a down year. So, you know, if if, if this is uh, just him trying to motivate himself, like you said, a great opportunity for him playing under Vic Fangio, one of the greatest defensive coordinators in NFL history. Um you know, this this is a, a chance for him to show his stuff. You know, get back to the Jerome Baker who's who's bringing down quarterbacks for negative 35 yard losses, you know, getting interceptions, toe tapping interceptions on the sideline, forcing fumbles, recovering fumbles, those types of things, maybe scoring a touchdown or two. If we can get that Jerome Baker, then that's going to be great for this defense. Um, but who knows? Maybe he wasn't talking about football at all. Maybe he was talking about the celebrity softball game that Xavier Howard has this weekend. Maybe he struck out a couple times last time uh, he played in one of those. We don't know. He's a, he's a sub tweeter uh, of the highest degree. Josh, being like the face of Dolphins Twitter, Mr. 40K followers, uh, um, let, let me let me get you to decode what Jerome Baker is thinking and what are your expectations when you consider, um, you mentioned all these playmakers on this defense and Jerome Baker is probably the second longest uh, vet, the second oldest vet on this team? Yeah, I, um, I, I think he probably was talking about football. I mean, I, like you mentioned, he normally doesn't, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he was a little bit disappointed. But then I looked up his stats when Merrick said that and he did have 100 tackles, three sacks, um, so he really didn't have that big of a drop-off when you're looking at the statistics. So 
I think this will, like you both mentioned, be a career-defining you know season for him. I like that he's going to be able to just kind of pin his ears back and go back to being Jerome Baker and do those things. I was always underwhelmed with his coverage abilities, but he's not terrible compared to some of these other guys. But I think what really stands out is when they sometimes move him out to the edge and let him get back Absolutely. and just pass rush and do things like that. So he's a versatile guy. We talk about that all the time. I, I think that's just a cliche word that I – constantly use and love to use but i'm intrigued to see what he can do in vic fangio's defense because again we brought in david long jr thought he was going to be something as of now i mean he's already on the the sidelines so we need drone baker to step up and be that difference maker in the middle of dolphins defense and i think under vic fangio he'll be just that transitioning to offense a little bit here america why don't you ask you about the running backs because two guys in the backfield each one orange jerseys beside Tua, and that's salvan ahmed and alec ingold and, and i want to sit and kind of talk about both of them let's start with ahmed because this is a guy who kind of skipped over drone or excuse me skipped over miles gaskin in the depth chart last year and after two years of miles gaskin being the starter so where do you see his development going obviously there's another running back delvin cook who might end up in miami uh but i do think they kind of uh, found it i'm gonna say just found another acorn in someone like selvan ahmed who originally was signed by the 49ers made his way to miami and he doesn't get plenty of playing time but he just seems like a guy that is trustworthy and knows the system pretty well and it fits his talent yeah uh, you, you got that right i think Savan ahmed fits the mold of what mike mcdaniel wants from a running back uh, maybe wants from every single offensive skill position player, which is just be fast as all get up. And that's what Savon Achman is. He's, he's a fast dude, very limited action last season for the dolphins, but in his limited snaps, I liked what I saw from Savon Achman. He had some good runs um, late in the year. I believe uh, he had a couple decent runs against the Buffalo bills on primetime uh, in orchard park, New York with, with the snow coming down. Uh, if I remember correctly. So, you know, you're not, quite sure how much action he's going to see this year. Right now, the Dolphins still have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. They added Devon A-Chain in the third round of the NFL draft, and Mike McDaniel seems really jazzed up about that pick. And by all accounts, Devon A-Chain is having himself a, a good offseason with the Dolphins, uh, shining a, as a pass-catching back. So you, you do wonder where Savon Ahmed fits into that equation, but you're right, Jake. If you're looking at who the odd man uh, out is right now in the running back room. It looks like Miles Gaskin. Uh, and if Dalvin Cook comes in, then it could be Gaskin and Ahmed. So maybe this orange jersey will will turn out to be a a, a big nothing burger for for Savon Ahmed. But it'll be we'll a find out. Jersey. It'll be hit no, there you go. There Beautiful. you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like Salvin Ahmed. I think there were times when I teetered between him and Miles Gaskin. I think I've, you know, Salvin Ahmed's kind of pulled away from Miles Gaskin, in my opinion. You were right about that Buffalo game. He had 12 carries, 64 yards last season at a touchdown, but it was that Buffalo game where he really just came in for Raheem Mostert. And I, I don't want to say he took the game over because that wasn't the case, but he played really, really well. So I, I like Salvin Ahmed. I don't, I wonder how much, you know, seeing the pictures of him out there, seeing the orange jersey isn't a way for maybe the Dolphins to hope some team comes calling and they bite on a trade or something like this because he's a guy who I'd love to see stick around regardless of what the Dolphins do at running back. But if you then put him on the practice squad, someone's immediately going to, I mean, I feel like he would get sniped off the Dolphins practice squad because he's a talented player. So I like Salvin Ahmed. I do think Miles Gaskins at Ahmed now, and I guess we'll see. I, I posted a picture of Dalvin Cook. Uh, he had the little, he was on the phone talking 
post on Instagram with the then he put the shades emoji. I was just joking that that's probably him getting off the phone with Chris Greer. So every day it's going to go back and forth here. We'll see what happens. I know people are now trying to say the Dolphins have interest, maybe going after Leonard Fournette after what he said on Good Morning Football. So we talked about in the last yeah, spot, Jake. They had they had. In, I guess he just came out and basically was praising the Dolphins. What their their young nucleus loves. He said they were the, the best Ramsey. roster in the entire NFL. Was it best or was it second? That was the best he said. Best. He said he Whoa. said they were the best roster yeah. in the NFL. He's he was brown nosed and he was just saying that. I don't even think we would. <laughs> I don't even think we'd go that far. But uh, yeah, bringing Leonard Fournette and he'd definitely be that Thunder then, Jake. Right, and then I can use that as much as I want. There it is, man. I like it. It's all coming together. And no matter what the Dolphins do at running back, I think there is a factor, a variable that we aren't talking enough about when we have to figure out that this is a whole numbers game. If the Dolphins want to leverage the practice squad, which in the past few years since the pandemic has loosened up a little bit, you can have veterans on there and guys you think that will have an impact down the road. And someone I think the Dolphins are going to rely on and someone who we're not accounting for in that running back room is Alec Ingold. Uh, when we talk about the Dolphins keeping four running backs and how that's even kind of a lot, it does not include the fact that Alec Ingold uh, deserves a spot on this roster because I think he just fits in what the Dolphins are trying to do. He had his first receiving touchdown last year. Uh, things were derailed late because he had a club on his hand after I think it was a broken wrist. I'm not, I can't remember for sure, uh, but that just limits you so much. You're not going to go out there and catch balls with that thing on your hand. So he was just kind of somebody tell Skylar Thompson that. I just, man, I can't imagine just being like in a high intensity game and you just have a club and you see a ball coming your way. That just, that just sounds like a disaster. But, but Merrick, tell me a little bit about what you think when it comes to not only this running back room, but how they're going to integrate Alec Ingold into it and how this numbers a game is kind of going to be pretty tough when we get to, you know, the last week in August, somewhere around that time. I like that the fullback matters in Mike McDaniel's offense. Like I like kind of old school smash mouth football a little bit. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have been known for some of their fullbacks throughout the years, you know, all the way back to Larry Zonka, who was a, a glorified fullback, but uh, you know, probably the most successful fullback in, in NFL history. I used to have an autograph. I don't have it anymore. I have no idea where it went, but I used to have an autographed eight by 10 of Lusaka polite uh, <laughs> framed on my on my office wall uh, at an old job I used to have. So the fullback position, storied uh, storied franchise for fullbacks. And Mike McDaniel bringing that back with Alec Ingold. And he seems like a cool dude. He, he mm-hmm. wrote a book, I believe, that he's been doing. You read the whole book? I'm like 70% through, but yeah, it's, it's a very like motivational, like me speaking to you as, as a football guy type thing. There are, there are some really interesting stories. I I believe he grew up as an orphan and and just kind of had to deal with finding his identity. It's definitely worth checking out if you, if you haven't, and you're looking for something to read by the beach or something. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check that out for sure. Sounds like something I'd be interested in. And I mean, how can you root? against a guy like that. I don't think anybody's rooting against him, but definitely certainly a guy you can root for. So Alec Ingold being an integral part of this Miami Dolphins offense, I think uh, we had mentioned it on something else, or maybe when I was writing my orange Jersey article, actually somebody commented and said, Oh yeah, a guy who's only had one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. He was a, a big part of the offense. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Tell me you don't watch football. Uh, without telling me you don't watch football. He's a fullback. He's not supposed to score a bunch of touchdowns. He's not Mike Allstott over here. Uh, but but he, he he did his job. He did his job well. Uh, unsung hero of this Miami Dolphins offense. And it's glad to see, or I'm glad to see him uh, get a little recognition here with this orange jersey award. Yeah, he has a newsletter too. I know Jake was talking about the book, but he also, you can sign up for his newsletter while he'll email you uh, nice little motivational things too. So I, I get that and it uh 
perks me up every now and then. I did write down Alec Ingold underneath. I put one of the most important players on the roster. He's like you both mentioned, this offense, you know, you need that fullback. It's an intricate part of this offense. It's definitely a huge part of the run game. We know how much Mike McDaniel loves to run 21 personnel. I mean, um, I still think it's funny. Jake brings it up all the time, and it's hilarious just thinking that they two are trying to dump that ball off to him with the freaking club on his hand, and I'm like, what, what, what the hell, man? But uh, Alec Ingold, he's a playmaker, a uh, feel-good story, and um, seeing him in that orange jersey definitely brought a smile to my face because, again, you've been rooting for him ever since his injury with the Raiders. He was cut, came to Miami, and, again, the fullback position kind of devalued throughout the years. He's definitely one of those big key players in this offense, and I know a lot of people on Twitter today, three yards per carry, uh, C.K. Parrott mentioned it, their inefficiency on third and one. I want to see Alec Ingle get some of those snaps on th- or that ball on third and one. I mean, this could be our Lusaka polite, right? You mentioned him being that unstoppable monster on fourth and one and fourth and inches. Why not let Alec Ingle ram up there in the middle? So that sounds so dirty, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of Alec Ingle. Love him in the orange jersey. I want Christian Wilkins to be that guy running it on fourth and one. Why not? We I, already saw him line up as fullback, and and his touchdown dance would be unbelievable. But yeah, Alec Ingle's such a positive guy, and he just kind of fits that idea of building a positive team and kind of just stacking win on top of win and, and feeling good about what you're developing. So I'm going to run through the entire list here. Let's start with OTAs and then mini camps. Jalen Waddle, Duke Radley, Salvan Ahmed, Javon Holland, Alec Ingold. Andrew Van Ginkle, Tua Tagovailoa, Christian Wilkins. And to wrap up this entire conversation, we just spent 20 minutes discussing what we can take away from people wearing the orange jerseys. And Joshua, I want to ask you, are we misreading this entire orange jersey thing wrong? Is the fact Liam Eichenberg won the final orange jersey maybe a hint towards the fact these are motivational tools more than they are awards? Yeah. I, the baby took a dump in her diaper. I have to smell that right now. The other ones are fighting. Um, and that's the perfect – I mean, that's Liam Eikenberg in a nutshell, right? And that's <laughs> Liam Eikenberg in a nutshell. I mean, I think Mary touched on a little bit in the last spot. He mentioned how, you know, this could just be their way of, you know, signaling almost to Connor Williams, like, he's playing pretty good. We don't necessarily need you there at center. I do think that this is kind of like a participation reward, you know, when you uh, maybe get a C – plus on your paper and they still give you a sticker or something like that so i it, de- it definitely makes you wonder um you know what they're going through with this but again the first season with mike mcdaniel liam meikenberg also won that award so maybe he's just awesome in mini camps and things like that but once the pads come on he just turns into a pumpkin yeah maybe he's telling just great pumpkin, jokes in the pumpkins are orange i didn't try that but pumpkins are also orange so <laughs> It's all coming together. Merrick, Merrick, what do you think? And I don't want to discredit this. I mean, it's the off season. Like, like you mentioned at the top, we're doing a podcast on June 14th. And if I have an opportunity to whip out the tinfoil hat, I'm going to do so. So what are your thoughts? I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to be an optimist and say that Connor Williams, you done messed up, dude. You done messed up. You, you, you tried your luck. You, you said there ain't anybody behind me who can do my job as well as I can. I'm going to, I'm going to sit out. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to, I'm going to demand a new contract. And then lo and behold, Liam Eikenberg came out, manned a new position on that offensive line for the Miami dolphins. And he was a revelation. And now Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer are going Connor Williams. We'll, we'll see you later. We're going to go ahead and trade you for man. I don't know. What could you get for Connor Williams? Right Cedric now? Wilson. You don't believe that though, right? You don't. No, believe not this. at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, I think I think Connor Williams. Uh, we talked about it yesterday when when Jake and I were recording the Dolphins Detail YouTube show. I think Connor Williams is going to get incentives added to his deal. 
um, maybe a, a small bump in pay, maybe an extra million, an extra two million, and then incentives added tied to the success of the team. And he'll be back. And then Liam Eikenberg will be moved back over to left guard where he struggled in the past. And uh, we'll see if he's able to turn things around now that he's healthy. The Dolphins coaches seem to think that Liam Eikenberg was 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 on an upswing right before he got injured against the, the Detroit Lions. I was actually at that game and I saw like a, this is so bad to say, but I saw a player in the distance and I was like, oh my God, no, who's hurt? Hurt. And then uh, somebody around me was like, oh, it's Liam Eikenberg. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're cool. It's not a big deal there. So I know I'm not supposed to. You guys, you can't hear it on the podcast. They're laughing, okay? They're, we're all joining in on this. Too soon. Bringing the shame <laughs> bell over here. How dare you? Well, I mean, I, th- I was nervous. I thought it was Tua or, or Tyreek. It was in the distance. It was on the opposite end of the field. Uh, if you're going to pick somebody, you're, gonna, you're probably going to pick Liam, aren't you? But uh, I think Austin Jackson was already hurt. So you, you really only had one option. But this is so mean. I feel so bad about this. But, uh, you know, the coaches think that Liam is on an upswing. And, and who am I to sit here and say that I know more than Mike McDaniel? So if Mike McDaniel has faith in Liam Eikenberg, then, then I do too. And I hope this means good things for the Dolphins. And I'll be the first to apologize if Liam Eikenberg turns it around and becomes a quality starter in the NFL. Nick, we, we appreciate the fact that you uh, go through the um, effort of making this orange jersey tracker. I did think it's something pretty interesting to talk about. Um, sorry we didn't we, include the set list. What about Javon Holland? Can we talk about Javon Holland quick, or do we, or do we already? Did I completely miss that? <laughs> Just because you asked nicely. No, I mentioned his name and then said, "Well, well actor, I, th- I think we have. Back. I think we genuinely have to talk about Christian Wilkins because." Christian Wilkins wants I didn't a new even, yeah, contract. He wants, him too. he wants $20 million a year. And they said, how about an orange jersey instead? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's that's when you ask for like the PS5 and your mom buys you like Connect 4, the board game. PS3. Nothing be depressing. You get a PS4. Just like a used, like all dusty PS4 that just plays nothing. Josh, what, what are your thoughts on Javon Hahn? What, what are you stewing up over there? Well, I actually grabbed a quote from fan, uh, Vic Fangio, and he basically was asked what he liked about him. He said, there's a lot, everything. He's a highly talented player, highly instinctive player, highly smart player, tough player, loves the game. There's nothing I don't like about him. And I thought about how much single high he kind of played throughout his first few seasons. He's going to have, you know, it's more of those two safety looks, going to be a very intricate part of this defense. So I just thought we had to shout him out because Javon Holland, I mean, I know when Vic Fangio first signed, a lot of people said, you know, I, well, I think I said Jalen Phillips was going to go to the moon in this defense, but Javon Holland probably is more likely to take that next step. So just want to shout him out, and I completely overlooked Christian Wilkins too. So pay that man. I know he wants a lot of money. I know um, – I, I don't even know how we're going to work things out once Tua gets paid, once Javon Holland wants to get paid, once Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddle wants to get paid. But figure out a way. Get Christian Wilkins under contract. But, um, yeah, Javon Holland, Christian Wilkins, very, very key part of that Vic Fangio defense. And I think Holland's going to get a lot of opportunities in this defense. If you go back to that game against the Dolphins that um, Ryan Fitzpatrick almost completed the comeback, what was that, 2020, I think it was, he uh, came in and replaced Tua. Um, He got them all the way down to the goal line and then threw an interception to Justin Simmons that sealed it. And something I'm really starting to pick up about this Vic Fangio defense is the fact that he likes to kind of direct opposing offenses. And that's something Jalen Ramsey was kind of doing with the Rams, you know, playing that Joker role. He'd line up on the side that has maybe nobody on it and and kind of being able to diagnose the offense and understand what they're going to do when they see a certain look. And when you have Xavier Howard and 
Jalen Ramsey out there, you can really dictate where offenses are going to attack. And I think that's going to be some fun opportunities for uh, Javon Holland to maybe pounce on some plays and be that gotcha guy who you didn't see when he was coming running over the middle for an interception, those different type of things. I'm really excited to see. I mean, Jalen Phillips, I do love the idea of him getting a bunch of sacks, but, but as the guy who can take that major step forward, maybe break through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, I think Javon Holland could have that type of year. So call your shot now, guys. How many interceptions for Javon Holland this season in the Vic Fangio defense? I need a number. How many did he have last year? Can, do we have a stat guy uh, on that? Do we have our intern? Two? Was it two? Two or three? It wasn't much more than that. You got Somebody's got to look this up. Somebody's got to. Uh, the kids took my phone. I had to give it up. That is part of maybe. <laughs> will... I'm going to say he's going to have eight. Just like eight? his jersey number. Snowman. He's going to have eight picks. Can, can I cop out and say um, like eight combined forced fumbles and interceptions? Is that a cop out? That is a cop out. It is. But it counts. 100% a cop out. He had two interceptions. He's actually had two interceptions in each of the last two seasons. And I think last year one just kind of popped into his hands. It was like a, a tip drill type thing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. If we're gonna do just interceptions, give, give me five. I'll go with the ni- nice five spot. What was your number, Josh? I said eight because I think I've already said previously that he's gonna have over five and a half or over six. So I'm just I'm making sure I have that covered. So I'm gonna go eight. You go. You got five. You got eight. I think I'll go. I'll go somewhere in the middle there. I think I got six interceptions for Javon Holland this season. It's and a Pro be Bowl. So cool. It's going to be so cool because there's just one play I was watching. It was Cardinals against the Rams and and the Rams, their biggest issue last year on defense was the fact they had a really bad third cornerback. They had Jalen Ramsey an all pro Uh, their their number two cornerback was solid, but opposing defenses would just pick on that cornerback three over and over. And it really forced them to play a lot of zone defense. So there was a play where they overloaded the left side of the field. um, And the the goal was to have the two receivers uh, basically clear out and, and let Zach Ertz operate underneath and move the sticks and get another first down. But it was just so impressive to see Jalen Ramsey lined up on the side that nobody was on. You would think just playing football, you want your best cornerback near the wide receivers. That's not what the Rams did. Instead, they had him on the other side of the field at the Vic Fangio defense. The idea is the more you see, the more you can do. And it was just so instinctual to see Jalen Ramsey, see how the play was developing, seeing that Zach Ertz was going to be the one coming over the middle after they cleared out got in front of the pass, worked his way all the way across the field. So, man, seeing that, seeing that opportunity that these cornerbacks are going to have just makes me excited because I think that's going to be more of a, a, a Javon Holland type role where you can just sneak over the middle. You're not really focused on him, and boom, all of a sudden the ball's intercepted. It should absolutely be a better defense. There's so many guys on this defense who could have career years. You know, Xavier Howard could round back into form getting those interceptions now that he's got Jalen Ramsey on the other side. Uh, you know, Javon Holland we've talked about. You still have Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer and David Long as long as he stays healthy and Jerome Baker. Like, I mean, again, health permitting, this should be you know, one of the best defenses in the NFL. You know, you can say top 10, you can say top five if you're feeling real frisky. But uh, it should be a much improved unit. And Raquan Davis, I, I don't know if you said his name, but I know he's kind of going to be that big guy up front, maybe more of that nose tackle type role that we know that Vic Fangio's defense needs. So um, is he playing in a contract year? He might be in a contract yeah. year. Yes, he um, is. So 
that's probably when we're going to see the best version of Raquan Davis. And if you go based off of what he looked like at training camp or walking into the building in OTAs or whatever it was, he looks like a, a brick shithouse. Like the guy that, you know, Brian, I don't know why I did that. The guy Brian Flores was pumping his fist about when they drafted him. So, yeah, man, this defense, I we can continue to say top 10 because we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and say top five. But this defense should be every bit as good as advertised. And with how good the offense was last year, building on that, um, uh, sky's the limit, as corny as that is. And I'm going to continue to say that. Dude, that we we embrace the corniness here, and if you're enjoying our corniness, we highly highly encourage you guys to subscribe to the show. Even leaving some feedback, leaving a review, that stuff really helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Dolphins podcast. Thank you, Merrick, for keeping track of our orange jerseys and representing the team with one of your own today, Joshua. It's always a wonder to see you for another Dolphins podcast. We'll talk to you next time, but until then, fins up, fins up, fins up. Fins up. We're the Miami Dolphins.